Welcome to this presentation from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. We are located in the greater Los Angeles area at 9820 Lakewood Boulevard in Downey, California. We would love to have you worship with us any Saturday you are in our area. Today's message is the stewardship of time. Now, here's Pastor Chris. Good morning, everybody. I missed you all. Last week, I was standing on a roll call forest home in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, looking for blue, uh, blue wristbands. For those of you who don't know where I was, I was at the Pathfinder Campery, and I was on the safety team. And uh, basically, my week consisted of telling people where to park, not to park, and hope, helping them to avoid getting hit by buses and cars. And um, I will say it was a challenging week, but it was a worthwhile week. Um, I was able to baptize two fine young men uh, that I was able to walk together in Bible study before I got here. And I made my promise, I will go to Oshkosh and baptize you. So I'm glad I was able to make good on that. And as well, just in Southern California alone, um, there were 12 signed up to be baptized on Thursday and we baptized more than 60, if not 70. And I know on Sabbath, a couple of kids uh, were able to be rebaptized and rededicated their life to the Lord. So um, I missed you dearly, uh, but I was also doing a good thing. So let's begin. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be here today. And as we now study the scriptures, Lord, as we talk about the importance of time Be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. There's a story told of an old English businessman. Long before the days of GPS and even steam engines, there were sailing ships. And this businessman, uh, I don't remember his name, so we'll call him Basil. I could not think of a more English name. So uh, Basil uh, was in the uh, shipping trade. And he would send his ships with cargo to go across, and they would come back, back and forth and back and forth, until one particular storm. It was the storm of the century. And the majority of his business, his ships, had gone down. And it was a horrible travesty because of the men and women who were lost, but also the cargo. He could not guarantee, and so he basically almost became bankrupt. Now, the man was a very huge philanthropist, and so he would give to organizations that he was passionate about, and he would help those in need, and all of those who had relied upon his generous donations suddenly thought, huh, well, I guess he's not going to be able to help us like he has in the past. And sometime goes by, and towards the end of the year, there was a, a gala benefit, and the people that he had given much money to suddenly found checks in their mail. It wasn't as much, but it was still a good, healthy amount of money. And they thought, how could this man give us so much money when his business, he basically almost had to declare bankruptcy. One of them went to him and asked, you gave us a large sum of money. We were grateful, thank you. But how can you continue? And he said, it's not so much that I can continue, but God has given me a second chance. 
and a realization that I'm trying to work 10 times harder to not only be able to be able to grow the business, but also ensure that my time is not wasted here on earth. Amen? When we talk about time, time nowadays has become such a precious commodity where in this time that we live in, everything is so high-paced. And there are so much expectations, not only at work, but even kids today in school. I don't envy you. Not lying. Don't envy you. Time is limited. Time is precious. And even as parents, I'm sure that you're seeing your kids grow so fast, you're realizing that they're going faster than you would like them to do. Time is precious. In fact, somebody once wrote, time is the scarcest resource, and unless it is managed, nothing else can be managed. And so, even as stewards of God, it's also important how we manage our time of our day, of our work, our school, but also uh, how we spend time as a family, how are we spending time with our spouse, and even are we spending time with the Lord? In the book of Colossians, we find a passage of scripture. And it says, let's read it together. Whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord you are serving. And one of the things that uh, a, a, a mind shift came to me several years ago is that even time, I am a steward of my time, and I want to make sure that I am a good steward of my time. So everything I do sometimes, I have to ask myself, is everything that I'm doing serving the Lord, and is it serving the growth of my development as a pastor, as, as a husband, as a son, as a friend? All of these things are key. And, and everything that I do, am I doing it for the Lord. Sorry. So time. One of the conclusions as well is that time is a gift. Wait, did I skip something? Sorry, my bad. We also find, uh, if you have the, uh, the 28 Fundamental Beliefs, it's a book that the church put together and describes all of our fundamental beliefs. And when it comes to stewardship, it also points out that faithful stewardship of our time means using it to get to know our Lord, help our fellow men, and to share the gospel. So the time that we're giving God, God said in the book of Matthew to teach, preach, baptize, right? In our daily lives, are we taking time to be a blessing to others, to be able to help people, to be able to teach, and maybe not even saying anything, but by leading by example of teach preach, and ultimately called to baptize and disciple people into the church. Amen? Growing up, uh, my family was very blessed when I was a teenager to be able to have the most beautiful ski boats of all ski boats, the Ski Nautique. Those of you who are familiar with water skiing know that it's it's a very, very nice boat. In fact, I still remember it. It was white with aqua green and purple. And I used to water ski. I used to, to wakeboard behind that. 
and it was so awesome. We would go to Lake Paris, where we primarily went, but every summer, at least once, if not two or three times, we'd go to Lake Havasu or we'd go to Lake Mead, and we would spend days just water skiing and wakeboarding all day. We'd especially want to go out early in the morning when it was pancake flat, where there wasn't a ripple on the, on, the, on the water. But after all the fun was had and enjoyed, we'd have to pull the boat out, and this was the part that I didn't like. Because we'd have to what? We'd have to clean the boat, and as my father, God bless his soul, he, he taught me the value of making sure that I would take care of things. So he'd give us a, he'd give us a towel and he'd tell us, wipe down the boat, get every last little bit of water. And I thought I'd do a good job, and he'd say, nope, go back, got to get it. And then if it didn't do a good job, he'd give us a, a, a water bottle filled with water and vinegar. And we would spray the boat, and we'd have to clean it. And I learned very early on that if you want to do something and do it well, you got to do it right the first time. Work hard. Do, do it as best as possible. Now, I'm not saying that we have to be perfect, because we learn from our mistakes. Okay, I learned not to do it that way. So the next time, I'm going to try to learn and do it a different way, and hopefully I will do it better. But everything that I do, I try to do the best that I can. Okay? So being faithful. And when we're faithful and we do it right, we don't have to go back again. We realize we're making good use of our time. Being faithful stewards, though, means we're intentional about how we use our time to not only be able to help our fellow men, but also to share the gospel, but most importantly, to be able to spend time with the Lord. Now, time as well. Time is a gift. The other day, I had to bust out my calculator. I had to average how many minutes are in a day. And I concluded, I did the math, there are 1,440 minutes in a day. And when we look at time, when we look at a day, we think 24 hours, man, that, that just doesn't seem like there's enough time. But when you break it down even smaller, thanks guys. <laughs> Let's just say you work for eight hours a day, and eight hours a day is 480 minutes, right? And let's just say you also had the perfect awesome sleep of eight hours. That's another 480 hours. That means there's another third of 480, not hours, minutes. 480 minutes of the rest of your day that you would do whatever you need to do, whether to, uh, to eat, um, to get your kids ready. And within that 480 hours is time. I'm sure there's got to be some time where even if it's just five minutes out of 480 minutes, you can be able to read a quick passage of scripture and you can also pray to the Lord. Amen? And then even, even then, too, double task. While you're driving, you can also pray. Now, please do not close your eyes when you're driving. I don't want to be the cause of an accident, all right? The pastor said I should pray and believe, right? No. Keep your eyes open because the Lord hears our prayers whenever we pray. Take time to pray every day. But yet there's also other times too where even just a couple of minutes, as we've talked about, just send a text message, just send a note to somebody. Be a blessing to others. Divide your day up into minutes 
And you'll find that you have plenty of time. There's a quote where Will Rogers, uh, a story of him where he, he purchased a clock and it was engraved. He gave it to um, the violinist David Rubinoff. And he said the quote on the watch, it says, The clock of life is wound but once, and no man has the power to tell just when the hands will stop. At late or early hour, now is the only time we own. Love, life, toil with the will. Do not wait until tomorrow, for the clock may then be still. Brothers and sisters, we are alive today. Amen? Amen. Live your day with passion. Live your day with joy. And the things that you love to do, do them. Discover as well, what is most important? What should be most important? Obviously, the big things are your faith. Your faith should be one of the most important things in your life. But yet as well, your family. Are you able to be present with your spouse and your kids daily, truly having a good conversation without the cell phone interrupting you? Believe me, I'm sometimes the biggest offender. I'm I'm trying to be better. But daily, spending good quality time is important to your health and also your relationships. But yet you also, in your priorities and values, family, friends, loved ones, even your passions, the things that make you, that tick, the things that that get you excited about thinking, I would love to be able to do this. One of the things that uh, I'm very passionate about is riding a bike. I've met many friends through riding the bike. And so when I'm with my friends, that's all we talk about. And it's something that we love to do. And even when we're on the bike, we just talk about life. But also being able to serve as a mentor to the junior program at the races and being able to take pictures and to be able to help the team is something that I value and I look forward to every race season. There aren't any races until next year, so I'm kind of I'm having withdrawals right now. But it's a big passion of mine. And it's another way that I've been able to be able to serve the Lord because I'm basically the unofficial chaplain of the club. So find ways that you're passionate. Uh, uh, find things that you're passionate about that you can be able to serve the Lord. And so not only are you doing them, but as God asks, you're serving the Lord with a purpose and you're using your time well. There are other things as well. The medium things. Your job, your house, your car, those things are important. But the biggest things, your faith, your family, your friends, and your passions, those are key. And then the little things, spend time, but focus on the big things. So when we're talking about time, do we spend time regularly with, regularly with the Lord? I, I was uh, in a discussion with somebody recently where somehow the topic came up where if Jesus was sitting in your kitchen at the table in a chair, how often would we truly say hello and spend time? Because at some point, life just becomes so hectic and so busy. Would we truly want to sit down and stop and get to know the Lord and be able to tell God 
how your day is going. And one of the things we have to be cognizant about and mindful is when we pray, just continually speak to the Lord. Set time aside to be able to converse and just tell God, how is your day going? And spend time with the Lord. One of the quotes that I've also read, I, it may be attributed to Jim Rohn, I, but there's several variations. But if it's important to you, you will find a way. And being important, something that's important is we have to be intentional. Sometimes we have to take our phone or our calendar, we have to take a pen, and we have to write it down. When we write it down or we, we key it in, we realize that there's something going on. There's a click in our minds where we are being not only intentional, but again, we value that time. We want to find a way to get it done. The last thing that I would like to share is a story. And it's a story of a young man named John. And he grew up in a town on one side of the country. And there was a man who it basically became a father figure to him after his own father died, Mr. Bressler. Mr. Bressler lived next door in a small home. He didn't have a wife. He didn't have kids. He was an older man, and he was a carpenter. And as a child, John would spend time with Mr. Bressler while his mom was at work learning how to do carpentry. So much so that later, as John grew up, he became, uh, he started a carpentry business. And so he moved clear across the country. He took a job and then later formed his own company. And he was working hard. He wanted to be successful. He wanted to give the best life that he could to his wife and his own son. And he was so determined that all he did was work and even his own family, he neglected from time to time. Until one day, years passed by, and his mother calls him, and he said, she says, John, our next-door neighbor, Mr. Bressler, has passed away. And for John, when he heard those words, it was like somebody had punched him in the stomach, and he couldn't believe it. He was so in shock. And his, his mom had to say, John, are you there, John? And once the, the shock had worn off, he said, yes, Mom, I'm, I'm, I'm still here. and I can't believe that Mr. Bressler is gone. Well, yeah, he's been gone. But you know, it's interesting, though. He hadn't forgotten you. And his mom would recount that daily, almost every day, she, Mr. Bressler would ask, how is John doing? And Mom, mean Mom, would tell him how proud she was of her son and how accomplished. And Mr. Bressler as well was very proud of John. But now at this point, John, who'd been working so hard, who hadn't really had time even for his own family, much less anybody else, decided, okay, I need to go to the funeral. So he canceled his appointments the next couple of days and he flew out back home and he met his mom, with his mom. They went to the funeral. And before John headed home, 
he decided to go for a walk around the neighborhood. And he and his mom went around. So they went around the block and another couple blocks. And they came back. And just as they were about to get home, John looks at Mr. Bressler's home. It was older. It had needed some paint. But he remembered it was just as he had remembered as a child. And he looked and he saw and even saw Mr. Bressler's old desk. But when he looked at his desk, he noticed that there was something missing. And he realized that on the top of the desk, there was a little box that Mr. Bressler had kept something in that, as he put it, was the most important thing to him. And he realized that the box was missing. And he went up to the window and sure enough, he couldn't find the box. As a child, John was always intrigued. What did Mr. Bressler have in the box? And now there was a pain in his heart because he would never know what was in the box. He figured maybe some distant relative of Mr. Bressler's had taken the box. Well, he went back home. He had work to do. He left his mom. Several weeks later, he went to the mailbox and he opened it and he saw there was a key, or not a key, a notification, because there was a box at the post office in his name that he needed to go and pick up. If he didn't get it within three days, it would be shipped back. Well, the next morning he went early to the post office. He got the package and he was sitting at his desk in his office and he unwraps the package. And inside the package was the box with a key that had sat on Mr. Bressler's office desk. He opened it. And as he opened it, he found the most magnificent gold watch. He looked it over, and then he turned it around. And on the back side, engraved were these words, John, thank you for your time. Harold Belser. Something so simple as just spending time with Mr. Belser changed his life. And for John, it was nothing. He was simply just hanging out and eventually learning a skill that would help him to create a company in the future. Something so simple. Small action can create a big reaction. Small action can create a big reaction. So my question, Downey Church, how do you spend your time? Are you spending time on things that in the end will not really matter? Or are you sowing the seeds towards a future for your faith, for your family, for your friends, and ultimately the service of the Lord? I pray that we daily, even this week and starting today, may what we do be of service to our faith, to our families, to our friends and the calling that God has on our lives.
doing even small things that can create a positive and great reaction. Let us pray. Father in heaven, Lord, you have given us time. You have given us talents. And Lord as well, maybe some of us haven't even discovered those talents yet. And if we haven't, Lord, make it clear. But for those of us who have discovered our talents, Lord, may we be faithful in using them. And yet as well, Lord, may we be faithful in how we use our time to get to know you better, to be able to serve and be with our families, and Lord, the calling that you have on our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. May God bless you, be with you. We hope you have been blessed by this message from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. You can find more messages at www.downeychurch.org. God bless.